From American Public Media, this is the Educate Podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. I'm curious that everybody's going to remember. It's 2020, the year I graduate. This is Josiah Baker. I'm a senior at Oak Hill High School. Oak Hill is a small town in West Virginia. Obviously, this okay, so yeah, this coronavirus is um is really impacting the end of my senior year. Interrupted prom, interrupted graduation. I've got asthma, so I've basically just been in the house for weeks. It's nothing too big that I can't handle. And I've dealt with, with a lot of trauma in my family, in my own personal life, but I'm, I'm making it through. Josiah's making it through. Producer Trey Kay found a lot of that kind of resilience when he talked with kids and parents and educators around the state of West Virginia. Trey hosts the Us and Them podcast, and he recently dropped an episode about the particular struggles rural families face during the pandemic. Today, we'll bring you an excerpt from Trey's show, a story about schools and food. So I'm standing here in the in the preparation room. There's a bunch of ovens. There's like a couple big ovens that look like you know that you would put pizzas in, and about half a dozen women with with surgical masks on, and they're putting pepperoni rolls into tin foil. Can I just say pepperoni rolls? Yum. They're a regional favorite. I'm at Riverside High School in Bell, West Virginia. It's Monday, March 30th, and this is Food Central. They're fixing enough breakfasts and lunch to last 1,100 kids for a week. That's more than 10,000 meals. Everyone, including me, is trying their best to stay apart. That means that my microphone is at the end of a seven-foot boom pole, and we're all wearing masks. Uh, well, I mean, we've always worn gloves when we were preparing food, but not masks. Uh, I think uh, everybody's hands are pretty much raw from washing them so much. My name's Marsha Burns, and I'm cafeteria manager at Riverside High School. Marsha tells me she's stressed. She's worried about her family at home, and she's worried about her family at work. I just hope nobody gets it. And she worries about the food supply. And now it's running low. You know, our distributor is actually running out of food. And Marcia never knows who will be on hand to prepare it. We were a couple cooks down because of their immune system. We've got teachers that came in today and our assistant principal, he came in today to help. Marcia works two other jobs, as a cook for the Air National Guard and at a gas station. But she takes it easy on Sundays. I only work eight hours on Sunday. She says everyone appreciates her work more since the pandemic. Right now? With this going on, they can't speak enough about how good that we're doing at this point. And just like that, we became essential. I mean, you know, gas station here, you know, just like that, we became essential. I think Marcia's really getting at something. Our idea of important work has changed a lot. What's important is keeping people healthy and fed. These days, school lunches take the bus to the kids. And I go along. Uh, Right now, we are currently pulling into Cedar Grove, West Virginia. Uh, My name is Christopher Ring. I'm a school bus operator for Canal County Schools, and I drive one of our more rural areas. Lily, I brought a guest for you today. 
I'm not the only passenger. A a principal and a counselor are here too. And they brought treats for the kids. That's where things stood in Kanawha County, West Virginia in late March. Things have changed. Uh, Families still rely on food from school, but now that food comes from private vendors instead of the cafeteria. As for academics, back in March, Kanawha County educators said they had a plan. Students would use iPads to stay in touch with their teachers. You can not only, it's not only a learning interface, but you can direct message back and forth. So, you know, our teachers... Riverside High School assistant principal Chris Corbett knew internet access could be a problem. So they created hotspots. A parent can come and sit in the parking lot with their child and they can get the internet that they need. They can download the assignments on their iPad, go back home, take care of them, then maybe come back to submit. And that system is working for many families. We wanted to know more about how it's going all around the state. Teachers and students say they're doing what they can each day, knowing that they don't have all the answers. I'm Adrian Sherrill. I'm a teacher in Randolph County. I teach Spanish at the middle school level. I've known Adrian Sherrill for about eight years. She's a friend of my sister. No, but I'm looking at your house there, and I realized I've been there before. So You have been here before, yeah. We talked through video chat. As a matter of fact, what you'll hear for the rest of the show is video chat. I asked Adrian about the day when she realized everything would change. It was, you know, toward the end of the day where we were told, you know, get your things, shut everything down. We will not be coming back into this building for who knows how long. Tell me about your kids. We are a predominantly poor county. We we do not have a levy in place, so our students are always at a disadvantage. We have a lot of the opioid epidemic evident in my community. We are a very rural county, and it, it really shows in our in our demographic. Adrian tells me lots has changed in six weeks. At first, it was all hands on deck to make lunches and deliver them by bus. Every day. Now, a private vendor provides five meals a week. The kids each get half a gallon of milk and a half a gallon of juice at various drop-off sites, including Adrian's school. One of the real issues we are having is that's a drive-up program. Parents can come up. It's not just for school kids. The way that this that this funding is set up, it's for parents to take home for all of their children. So if you have a child in your home between 1 and 18 years old, you can utilize the system. The issue is that we don't have good checks and balances in my county. So we are seeing parents who come up and say, I, I have five kids I need meals for. They will take five kids worth of meals and then they will come back a little later, and they'll get five more of those. Um, Or they'll go to another drop site for meals and get them there. Um, I don't know if that is showing the desperate need for food in those homes, which I know that is happening some right now, or if it's just the desire to take. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is there. So, Adrian, I guess I'd like to know, how is learning happening? Um. That's a great question. Uh, And I think there's a lot of variation in how learning is happening. Technology is so limited in my county that this is such such a new experience for us. Um, We have teachers who go home and don't have the internet at their houses. 
So that is such a significant thing that we have teachers who who cannot go home and stay connected through the internet in their own homes. That's a big deal. That's teachers. That's not just students. Adrian's Randolph County middle schoolers do not have iPads or Chromebooks. In fact, she says 30 to 40% of them don't even have internet at home. So teachers like Adrian are making paper packets for those kids. The question is, what do you do with that work if it's possibly contaminated in the end? Do you bring it in and have, you know, we've had teachers say, oh, the fire department will sanitize it for us, or we should, you know, we should go through this process. Um, We don't even know how we're going to properly collect that work. We don't know how we're going to grade that work. I know out of 138 students uh, right now, I've only heard from about 25 of them. So... Um, I'm not getting feedback from my own students. Adrian says in some neighborhoods, the challenges are even more serious. I will tell you in the last week and a half in my neighborhood, um, I've made 11 911 calls because of issues of violence um, out in the streets, because of problems. People are isolated and isolation leads to more drug use. We know that. And the kids that are in these homes are already struggling. They're already suffering, but now they're in those homes and they can't go anywhere. They're, they're trapped. So the biggest concern is not only are they not being fed, are they not being nurtured, but what are the, what are the bad consequences? What are the really bad consequences? To me, it sounds like you teachers in this particular situation you're, you're kind of like a triage unit at a MASH hospital or something like that, where you're just trying to make the best, you're, you're trying to make the best out of the circumstances that you have. I'm sorry, I'm tearing up a little bit <laughs> because that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good example. To make this report, I spoke with many people in various parts of West Virginia. And one thing that surprised me, I didn't hear a lot of negativity or bad-mouthing of the system from students, parents, teachers, or administrators. Everyone seemed full of a let's-figure-this-out spirit. They all seemed to have a very practical sense of the world they're living in right now. They understood it's not anybody's fault that it's not within anybody's control to wave a wand and make things go back to the way they were. They also understand that we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but that we need to get through this in one piece. And maybe it won't be pretty and perfect, but we'll get through this. And then we'll have a story to tell future generations about a time when kids had to go to school and couldn't do their work from the couch in their pajamas. That was Trey Kay, host of the Us and Them podcast. You can listen to the full episode from Us and Them and subscribe to get more on Apple Podcasts, NPR One, Spotify, Stitcher, and others. That's it for this episode of Educate. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation, the Spencer Foundation, the Hollyhock Foundation, and Stephen and Wendy Gall. 
Additional support for this episode came from the Claude Worthington Benedum Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM.